Good afternoon and welcome to Daily Coffee with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today's Thursday, January 16th. And we are doing a short and sweet episode today, aren't we, Carter? Well, I wasn't planning on it, but you just told me it's going to be short and sweet. So yes, we're, it's going to be super short and sweet, apparently. <laughs> cool. <sighs> Don't blame me, folks. Blame Carrie. Uh, Carrie, what, um, I guess I can just start talking about what we're going to talk about then. Um, the governor of Virginia declared a state of emergency. Did you see this? Only because you texted me about it this morning and I looked it up. Governor Blackface, right? Yes, it is Governor Blackface. I think his name is Ralph Northam. He is, uh, he was <laughs> famous more recently for having been discovered wearing blackface. Like, as you know, I guess people just do. If you're a politician, I guess maybe part of the, the hazing process is you have to wear blackface so that you can be, I don't know, blackmailed someday. I don't, I don't know what it is. The uh, Justin Trudeau school of hazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's the Justin Trudeau School of Political Science. <laughs> Here's your blackface. Uh, yeah. Now, now go act woke. Go act woke. I'm just shocked he's still in there. That because anyway, go, let's move ahead. So well, we Democrats, are Democrats are you know they, they don't care about any of that stuff if it's one of their own. So, um, okay. So the question, uh, you know, why did he declare a state of emergency? Um, and the answer is for something that happens every year, and this time he's decided it's a problem. Um, so, just as a quick recap, the Virginia was taken over by Democrats recently, similar to Colorado. Although I don't know if they followed the Colorado model to do this that we talked about the other day. But um, in fact, we can talk about why it was taken over um, later. But Democrats got in and they pledged to enact a whole bunch of what the Guardian calls standard gun control laws, like universal background checks, bans on military-style assault weapons, bans on high-capacity ammunition uh, magazines, uh, red flag laws, you know, standard. Yeah, let's take just a second there and, again, talk about the way that mainstream media, the legacy media indoctrinates and gives you propaganda in the in the guise of news they call that standard that's right none of there's nothing standard about any of that right they want they want you to feel like uh it's the crazies who are reacting to stuff that's just common sense and normal why just do we just want to do standard stuff like red flag laws and have you you noticed that they always because we you know uh just in a brief aside they when I was in SJW, we were very good at organizing letter writing campaigns and, you know, these kind of online mobs against news outlets that didn't use the language that we liked. And as I've said before, language is very, very important to the SJW ideology because they have to control the way you think by controlling the language. And so they introduce new definitions of words. They introduce new words. Uh, but it's all in an attempt to control, to limit, to lessen the amount of things you can say or think. Um, and so have you noticed the media who I talked, we talked about the other day, they caught this virus before the democratic party did before my old party did. They, they, the media caught it first. Um, well, not first academia had it, but they caught it from academia and the media was, is like, it's so weird because when I was in it, I viewed these things as victories. But now that I'm out of that belief system and I look at it, it's just shameless propaganda 
but they use these words like even common sense gun control. That's an ideologically based term. They're trying to tell you what to think, but they will use it as if that's a statement of fact. This is a common sense gun legislation. They did the same thing. We had letter writing campaigns to try and affect change to get the mainstream media to stop using the phrase illegal immigrant and to start instead using the phrase undocumented citizen. Right. Right. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Yeah. And they do that. So just a brief aside, I like to point these things out every once in a while because, again, I think people who are still getting a majority or even a little bit of their news from the legacy media, you get so used to it, you don't even realize how much of it is then not telling you the news, but telling you what to think about things. Yeah, once once you start caring about the definitions of words and exactness of language, which, you know, we speak, we speak extemporaneously on this show, so I'm sure we make a lot of mistakes. But when you're writing, um, it's a time to be very careful uh, about your words. And it's not just the social justice warriors. Like, this is how, um, you know, this is really how philosophy and culture is, is maneuvered generally. Like, you need to have, you know, people who care about truth and, um, you know, reason want very exact, clear definitions of things, and they want them to be logically consistent and tied to reality. And people who have an agenda to push that want something uh, that is contrary to reality or something that's a lie or something that, um, you know, just them gaining power, they want to push language that is vague or um, obfuscates the truth about something or not tied to, you know, like contradictory language or things that, you know, terms that aren't tied to reality or things that have a connotation to them that are suggestive of yes, something that are suggestive, right? They do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, you know, that's not new to the social justice warriors. That's propaganda one oh one, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so too. You're right. Yeah. So it's just that they, they, you know, they are much better at it. The right is pretty bad at it. Uh, from what I've been able to tell the right's pretty bad at it. They're just like, kind of using dictionary words for things, and the left is constantly coming up with uh, newspeak, basically. So, uh, anyway. Okay. So, ahead. these, uh, these uh, as, as Carrie's letter-writing campaign in the past, someone similar to Carrie probably did this, and now, uh, now it's being reported as standard gun control laws. So, these standard gun control measures were... Um, are in the works in the state of Virginia. Now, now you got to remember, Virginia is... Um, First of all, Virginia has a history of being more Republican, fine, but uh, more importantly, Virginia has a long history of um, being a pretty good Second Amendment state, right? It's a it's an open carry state. It's a shall issue state, which means when you go to uh, try and get a concealed carry permit, um, just for those of you who don't know, open carry means you can carry a firearm around, a pistol, rifle, whatever, um, as long as it's visible. And in a lot of states that are open carry, not all, some states actually have concealed carry is legal uh, without any permits. But a lot of states have permits to do a concealed carry. That's where you you know, hide it on your person somewhere. It's not visible. Um, and those states, there's different kinds of states that do concealed carry permits. And one classification of them is open carry state, or sorry, um, shall issue states. And shall issue states are states where basically they have to give you a permit if you ask, unless they have a reason why 
for some reason you, you shouldn't get one, right? As opposed to the states where they don't have to give you one if you ask. It's just kind of up to their discretion. And those are the places like California where you get cities like San Francisco where there's like, you know, eight people with permits and they're all friends of Nancy Pelosi or whatever. It's that, that kind of that kind of stuff happens in states without shall issue. So Virginia is a shall issue state. Yeah. It's an open carry state. It honors all other licenses for concealed carry from any other state in the union. Um, it's it's pretty pro-gun and has always been pretty pro-gun. So the fact that suddenly the government is controlled by people who are wanting to show up and gra- you know grab guns and pass all these laws uh, is causing a problem. And so... However, uh, what's about to happen, I think it's on January 20th this year, is every year Virginia holds an annual lobby day on the grounds of the, the capital, the state capital, And they do it on, on Martin Luther King Day. And so this year it's January 20th. And lobbyists come out or people that have causes to support come out. And every year, typically, there's been both sides. There's been Second Amendment supporters and you know, gun control advocates showing up. The Second Amendment supporters are usually armed. That's just normal because it's Virginia and they can be. And so they're armed. Um, so that's kind of the context. And this thing is happening on, on January 20th. And it was this that prompted the governor to issue a emergency declaration. And we can get into why. So but. there's a couple of things here that just to make note of. These things, as you've mentioned, it's not unusual that there people are bringing guns there. It, it may be unusual to you as an observer who doesn't have a gun or who doesn't hasn't been. To, it's just when I say it's not unusual, I mean it's not specific and new to this event. As Carter's saying, the, the, there are open carry protests here in Austin. I've seen you know like people do this wherever. When if I don't take a gun <laughs> to a protest. <laughs> personally <laughs> but it's not a new thing that's for him to act like this is oh they're bringing guns to this protest as if it's something new i think is a little dishonest and also my initial reaction to this is given what's happening in virginia with the um like outright attack on gun rights right and I, with that happening, and yep. then and then with him declaring this a national emergency and trying to make a news thing out of it, and I saw in the news also, oh gosh, just really dishonestly trying to connect this to Charlottesville and to try and make this well, about the well, you know why that and, is, Carrie? Why he co- he connected it to Charlottesville? No, that's the, what I said he did. The, yeah, the governor or, did in his declaration. Right, but I don't know why he's. My point is, I thought you were asking, do I know why he did that? Oh, I thought you. Um, I thought you're saying the media was doing it. I'm saying no, like no, they didn't. No, him and the media, all of it. So that that for them to be, first of all, to be passing, to be trying to pass this anti-gun legislation, and then to declare this a state of emergency, and to try and link it in the media to, uh, Charlottesville, which is really dishonest, and to try and declare it all alt-right. All of that is the escalation that he claims to be trying to avoid. So in, in, from my perspective, every step he's taken is the wrong step. Not just the legislation itself, which I disagree with, but it's fully within their right to try and get that passed. Um, I think that that legislation is wrong-headed, but they're trying to pass that. So you've already escalated tensions a bit. And then to say, UK can't come to this protest that you had planned um, it's, it's an authoritarian move 
Yeah, absolutely. And and but I think people need to understand the the other context here is like there's not just mild protest against this. So over a hundred localities in Virginia responded to the initial um we've talked about this before. Uh, yeah. not like a hundred localities have responded to this uh, initial um push for for gun control with a sanctuary movement which is organized by the um VCDL, I forget what that stands for, Virginia Defense League something, Virginia Commonwealth Defense League, I'm guessing, something like that. I, I wanted to comment on that, if I may, um, the sanctuary city thing, because I was reading about that, how they're saying we're going to be sanctuary cities where we're not going to follow uh, any, what they're calling any any state laws that violate the what they view as violating the Second Amendment. And that's very vague, and it's probably unenforceable. But he, here's the thing about that. The left my quote unquote side that went crazy after Trump won from my, from my, where I'm sitting now, from my perspective, they've opened the door to this because they don't, if they don't like the result of something, they just want to ignore it and change the rules. They didn't like that Trump won. So what do they do? Let's get rid of the electoral college. We don't like it. Let's just go by the popular vote. Let's invalidate electoral college and let's do it in different States as well. Make our vote align with the popular vote. Like, because we don't like the rules, we don't have to follow them. What have they done with immigration? We're not going to follow the, the law. We're going to call this a sanctuary city where we're not going to follow the law. Now you've opened the door to people on the other quote unquote side to do the same thing. Where does that end? It's chaos. If it's, it's like if there's a law that your side doesn't like, well, then you get to say, well, this is a sanctuary city. Where we're not going to fall. That's ridiculous. If the state has a law, in my opinion, you probably disagree with me. But in my opinion, it's ridiculous to say, I think it's all right to have a, a quote unquote sanctuary city where we're just going to disregard the law because we don't agree with it based on whatever the politics of the people here are. What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, I mean, it is right that the left, uh, it is correct that the left introduced this concept of sanctuary cities, um, most notably yeah. through, uh, you know, ignoring immigration laws. Um, it is hypocritical that uh, the Democrats, I mean, Virginia's attorney general, I think, uh, he says, sanctuary laws have, quote, no legal effect, and that local governments and law enforcement cannot nullify state laws. Well, that's convenient, but can you nullify you know, federal laws, law? I, yeah. I guess. Um, they can only nullify federal law. Um, and really so, funny. yeah, I mean, I, I carry, I, uh, that's a tough one. I mean, as a volunteerist, I am not a big fan of any of these, any of the authorities there, but I, I, I would say I'm okay with the concept of, and I actually think this is important. If you're going to have a if you're going to have the United States as it is constitutionally constructed, well, let's start with that as the premise. If that's going to be our nation and we're going to have that as a constitution, then it's completely reasonable to, to say anyone, anyone can refuse to enforce a law that is in violation of the constitution. And they may be taken to court for it. Um, and presumably the courts would then get to rule whether that law is constitutional or not. Um, and whether you're in violation for not support, you know, for not enforcing that law or whether you, you were perfectly within your rights. Um, the, the fact is, you know, I don't like the sanctuary cities for immigration, obviously. Um, I think they have one of the differences with the immigration problem is they have a larger, 
um, they, they can have a larger effect on the rest of the nation, not just that locality because of, um, because of other laws that mean people born in the U.S. are natural citizens automatically. So if you get a bunch of illegal immigrants and they have children, suddenly you've got new citizens that uh, were not kind of authorized and, and they can vote. And so uh, they're also taking services. But, you know, if it was only affecting California and and if, if, if let's just take San Francisco as an example, if San Francisco, if being a sanctuary city was only problematic for San Francisco and had no effect on anyone else, I would say, sure, San Francisco can go ahead and ignore that. Maybe someone can take him to court and say, you can't do that. I would argue that um, if you're going to have a country, you should have borders. I would imagine they would probably lose a rational argument there saying, like, hey, we, we don't we can ignore this because the whole found, you know, the whole idea of a country is that you have borders and their argument would be like, what, no borders? That seems like it wouldn't hold up. Um, but in the case of the Second Amendment, you know, this is probably the last it's one of the last uh, defenses against totalitarian authoritarian gun grabbing that's happening here. Um, and, you know, one of these last defenses is these locales, right? And you know, there's a sheriff there. We I talked about this last time, but um, there's a sheriff, Sheriff Scott Jenkins in Culpeper County, which is one of these sanctuary locales. He says, he'd just deputize resi- residents if, uh, if, if, um, he got in trouble for not enforcing gun laws. He'd just make them deputies. Um, and you've got this, uh, the president of, of uh, VCDL, Virginia Citizens Defense League, that's what it is. Um, he's saying, look, you know, the, the response here is overwhelming from a grassroots perspective that we didn't expect. And this is a quote. I'm telling you, people, have n- people that have never committed a crime that are law-abiding and pay their taxes, do everything right, don't even have a speeding ticket, are saying, I'm not giving up my guns. So there's kind of a the real grassroots thing here. And I don't... Um, I don't know that I share your opinion that uh, if these laws are passed, I do believe these laws are unconstitutional. Further than that, I believe they violate natural rights. And I don't think you have an obligation to um, to meekly uh, to meekly allow yourself to be disarmed. I don't think there's a moral obligation. In fact, I would argue if there is a moral obligation, it probably goes the other way because... Uh, the entire purpose of the Second Amendment is specifically to present to, to, to oppose tyranny. And so if you're just going to put your tail between your legs and not fight back, then what's the point of having a Second Amendment in the first place? You, you've like the whole thing is the whole Constitution is gone at that point. You're muted. You're muted. Um, to be clear. <laughs> to. To be clear, <laughs> I don't disagree with you about I don't I don't think people should meekly surrender their guns to government ever. I, I don't disagree with that. I'm saying I disagree with this idea of sanctuary cities where sanctuary from whichever law we don't like. And I think that's kind of Well, what's the alternative yeah. though, Carrie? I mean, do you want, like, a sanctuary city is basically a group of people who are saying we're not going to follow this law rather than an individual. Isn't it easier to fight the tyrannical state as a group than as individuals? Well, they're not just saying they're not, they're, it's not, they're not just saying we're going to fight a law, we're going to fight any law that attempts to, that, that enables the government to come and take your gun. 
there are other laws there. I'm presu- I'm assuming I'm assuming that they're talking about a sanctuary city against like magazine capacity and all that stuff too. Do you know what I mean? Like this isn't just about. It's not like there's one law where Virginia's saying we're coming to get your guns, and these cities are saying we're a sanctuary city against that. Well, these cities are saying you're violating the Second Amendment. We're not going to enforce laws that violate the Second Amendment. And I mean, and actually, I would argue that. If you're a sworn officer of the military or the police, you've already, or a politician, even though they ignore this, you've you've made it, you've you've taken an oath to uphold the Constitution, which includes the Second Amendment above all else. So, uh, you I actually a, shouldn't be supporting these laws. I guess it's just I have a I have a real problem with the idea of I mean, and you're an anarcho-capitalist, so you don't have a problem with anarchy, but I have a problem with anarchy, and I have a problem with. Uh, people, it's like playing Monopoly and somebody lo- is losing and they decide they don't like the rules. And then they're like, well, my piece is in a sanctuary sp- space well, and but- the rules don't apply here. And that's like, you know, then where do you, where does that lead? Because, well, it's, but, okay, you don't have to be an anarchist. Like. Well, okay, but you, you don't have to be an anarchist to view anarchy as preferable to authoritarian dictatorship. So, like, the choice <laughs> is not. Like, oh, can we go back to having a free society or anarchy? Like, that's not the choice. The choice is our free society is being taken over by authoritarian dictators who are eradicating our rights. There is no free society. So if it's a choice between some anarchic upset to get back to a free society in the meantime while you're fighting it or putting your tail between your legs and saying, like, well, I worship the system. I'm just going to ride the system right into, right into the gulag. Like, that's, that's just dumb. <laughs> what train should I get on, sir? Like that's like it, it's the law. Like what the hell is that? Like, you and I should play a rousing game of Monopoly sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Monopoly, but sure, Carrie. <laughs> anyway, okay, I'll think about your points. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I get a little bit emotional on that, but like. I, you know, I want to. I want to be clear. This is not. You don't have to be a voluntarist, which I am. I'll admit, right? You don't have to be a voluntarist to recognize that at some point, when the government ceases to be, when the government regularly, like when you when you have reasonable cause to believe that the government is no longer has any concern for protecting individual rights. It's no longer living up to the Constitution that that you are. And when you're being disarmed, that is a red flag. Talk about red flag laws. That's a red flag activity. When the government is disarming you, when they are going after your Second Amendment, that is a sure sign of tyranny to come. That is the foreshadowing that they're going to do things that they don't want you to be able to fight back on. A real government that's like a, a moral government that has no intention of violating your rights doesn't care if you're armed. They, they, they don't, it doesn't threaten them that you're armed. So yeah. the fact that they're trying to take your guns away should be a red flag. And, you know, I don't, no one wants, well, some people probably want violent over like. I'm a voluntarist. I still don't want violent overthrow. Like I don't want anarchy tomorrow. I don't want. I don't want this mess. I would prefer a very uh, cordial and peaceful pushback against everything, and slowly wind back these laws and start making the state smaller and get back to protecting individual rights and freedoms. But that is not an option. We're not being presented with that as an option. And if you let, if you, if you don't die on this hill, 
the war is over as far as I'm concerned. I don't mean the ideological war, but I was also gonna say, you should be very careful though about like when Carter says die on this hill, that he doesn't mean literally. <laughs> I don't know what I mean, honestly. I, uh, really? yeah, I'm because so my friend and I had a conversation about this the other day and we both were like, look, if I was, if I was single, didn't have any kids, um, you know, taking a stand to protect my second amendment rights, uh, and dying in that cause would be unpalatable, but thinkable. Um, but we both have children and families. And so it's like, well, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to, are we going to die in on that hill? Like literally, are we going to, are we going to actually oppose with force? I don't know. It's a much harder question. It's much more complicated when you have kids that rely on you, right? I think that what you're doing right now is engaging in like a hypothetical that is that is probably not going to come to bear. And if it did, it's so far away. I really don't see the government's not going to come to our homes and take our guns away. If they do, if they try to, then yes, I do see some people probably dying for their Second Amendment rights. A, A lot of people probably refusing to give up their guns. But I just, I don't see that. That's not a realistic proposition. Well, I would I would have agreed with you, except for this Virginia thing. And I think the reason it's getting a lot of attention nationally is it appears to a lot of people that maybe that's not as far-fetched as we thought. And there seems to be, right? Because you've got sheriffs saying, we're not going to enforce. You've got the uh, Democratic government saying, well, maybe we'll pull out the National Guard to enforce it. You've got You've got the governor saying, well, we're now you can't have your guns at this rally because we're about this. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. I, I hope you're right. I hope it doesn't get to that, but it may. Um, and I think I think the reason that this is making national news is because a lot of people are looking at, at this and they're saying this comes closer to that scenario than things that we've seen in the past recently. Does that make sense? It does. That's interesting. But yeah, I still... Maybe in a bubble, but I still think that's pretty far off. Yeah. Well, but yeah, people coming to my house to take my gun? No. I mean, nobody's going to... I don't know very many people that are just going to hand their gun over. I Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that's why people are worried. <laughs> right. But I don't, I, yeah, I just... I kind of... I think, I think what I was saying at the beginning about this being an escalation on the part of the governor, the government there in Virginia, and the you know, the politicians in Virginia and the media, I think it's an escalation of the kind that naturally causes some people to start to become a bit hysterical about things that haven't happened yet and probably are not going to happen. And that that's not a good place to be, I don't think. So I wish they would not be ratcheting it up and I wish they would not be banning guns from the protests and stuff because then it makes people think like, all of these worst fears are coming true, you know, which I don't, I don't think that, I just don't think that's happening. No, well, I mean, obviously I hope you're right. I mean, no one wants that to happen. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. you know, just to, just to let people know. So here's the state. Here's the, <laughs> I didn't realize this was Virginia state motto. Do you know Virginia state motto? Oh, is it live free or die? Nope. That's New Hampshire. Wait, hold on. Let me guess. Let me guess. Oh, Virginia, the state for lovers. Nope. There nope. you go. Oh. What is it? Six Semper Tyrannus. For those of you who are listening only and don't see this, this is the state seal. Uh, it ha- shows a warrior holding a spear 
standing over a dead king that he's just defeated. And the slogan says, Six Semper Tyrannus, which means uh, in Latin, thus always to tyrants. So probably <laughs> not the best state to go after uh, <laughs> guns in. I don't know. Just an idea. Right? Um, pretty, pretty bad. And Carrie, just so you can see this, um, I, I think it's important for people to see the governor's order here here's his executive order with his little thick semper tyrannus symbol at the top (laughs) right (laughs) that's pretty ironic is that the is that am i using the word correctly ironic uh i it's well ironic is like the opposite of what you'd expect so yeah i think i think think it's ironic yeah yeah so so here's his executive order from the tyrant with his seal that says thus always to tyrants Um, And as you said, right in the first paragraph, he ties this, when the civility of that political discourse breaks down, the Commonwealth suffers. Three years ago, Virginia and the nation watched horrified as civil protest was marred by violence and hate. The events that occurred in Charlottesville, Virginia, demonstrated that what can happen when peaceful demonstrations are hijacked by those who come into the Commonwealth and do not value the importance of peaceful assembly. We lost three Virginians. We must take all precautions to prevent that from ever happening again. So immediately he's tying this to... um, white supremacy and the alt right that is ridiculous yeah and then he says i i just this is just interesting to me because i i like to pay attention to how people word things because often they word them you know particularly in written official communications they word them very carefully usually credible intelligence gathered by virginia's law enforcement agencies indicates that tens of thousands of advocates plan to converge on capitol square for events culminating on january 20th well that I, that I believe. I believe that you credibly have sources that people will come to the rally that they come to every freaking year. Got it. That's not shocking. Credible evidence suggests that they're going to rally. Okay, they always do. Both sides do. Yeah. However, available information suggests, which is different than credible evidence, something else suggests, it doesn't even say, available information, that could mean an article I read on Media Matters, suggests that a substantial number of these demonstrators are expected to come from outside the Commonwealth. Okay, so what? May be armed, may not be armed. They may have, as their purpose, not peaceable assembly. So I, you know, I'm not gonna read this whole thing. I just I just wanted to point out, like sometimes it's, it's fun to me to, maybe just because I'm a nerd, I like to see how they word things. The feeling of this is that um, this is an alt-right white nationalist thing, and there's some kind of credible intelligence that there's a threat. The actual wording is not that at all. The actual wording is, hey, this unrelated thing happened. That sucked. Credible intelligence is that this thing that happens every year will happen again. That never has a problem. And uh, we have some feelings that there might be some other stuff. That's what it actually says. Yeah. But, uh, but there you go. So... So that's what's going on in Virginia. Um, Carrie, I don't know how much time you have, so I don't want to. I got to go. I have to go to work. But um, you got me thinking about state seals and state mottos. <laughs> <laughs> what's the state motto of California? I, I don't know. Uh, I, have no, I have no idea. It's Eureka. Is it really? Yeah. Eureka? What, like... Eureka! It's, socialism. It's just, what is, Eureka! What is that? I, I don't know. It's just Eureka. Uh, I think the one, the lovers one, is West Virginia. By the way, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, West Virginia, the state for lovers. Oh, I thought it was. That's funny. I need to look that one up. 
Um, you know, I'm from South Carolina originally. You know what our state motto is? No. What? We have two. It's two circles with a palmetto tree. And then on that side, in Latin, I'm not going to try to pronounce, pronounce the Latin, but it's uh, prepared in mind and resources. And on the other side, the second state motto in Latin, which is translated as, while I breathe, I hope. And the woman pictured there is the Roman goddess, uh, Spes. I don't know that goddess. S P E S. That's, that's like the lamest state motto. slogans I've ever heard. Those are like, you got uh, live free and life. die. You're competing with. You got six emperor tyrannus. And what do you guys oh. have? Something about some god? What? While I breathe, I hope. That's lame, Carrie. And prepared in mind and resources. That is not lame. Those are great mottos. Prepared in mind and resources. And while I breathe, I hope. Your motto, your state motto, is Eureka. Don't, don't, it's not my state. I mean, I'm here, but I'm, I'm you know, the first to pile on California with you. Yeah. I don't yeah. You know what the Texas state motto is. I, is it, is it, uh, I don't know. It's not, Wait, is it, it's not what you're going to think it, it's not what it should be. And what is it? Friendship. What? <laughs> but seriously, it's friendship. Yeah, now go back to the South Carolina one and say that's lame again. Yeah, all right, Texas, <laughs> Texas and California suck worse. Uh, that was that's pretty bad. Um, okay. You know, Carrie, uh, I don't know. I, I know you have to go. Something that I want to talk about, and I guess I guess we can do it another day. Maybe I'll just keep going after you're gone, just because I want to talk is, about it. Is, I want to briefly talk about why. Virginia's flipped to the Democrats because um can we talk about it together we can I've got I've got I read honestly I read a New York Times article about it so that I would be not quoting sources that leftists would say are alt-right it's like literally the New York Times um so uh, well let's talk about together on Kefefe tomorrow all right we'll do it live on Kefefe tomorrow and everyone can can jump wait tomorrow Friday I think so. Am I crazy? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, live tomorrow. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll do tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow live. And uh, and so we'll do it. We'll call it a day today. It'll be a short short one today. Short and sweet like we used to do. I know. I, I, like, I like long, interesting, like deep discussions. It's tough. Someday, someday we'll pay you and you won't have to go to work. So Eureka. Afterwards. Eureka. <laughs> Friendship. bye guys thanks for tuning in if you like our show you can subscribe at youtube uh and follow us that helps uh you can share it you can go to bitshoot and follow us because bitshoot is where we're probably going to be moving once we're banned from youtube we don't know yet but that's we've been putting time and effort into making sure all the videos are at bitshoot as well Carter has been spending time and effort. Um, we've also got a subscribe star if you want to uh, support us financially, which is a huge help. And uh, it's subscribe star, look for unsafe space, and you can contribute one time with a, any tip, any amount you want, or you can become one of our monthly subscribers and donate anything. We have people at the $1 level. We have people at the $100 level. It's like whatever you can afford. And, um, and then also if you want to participate in book club, the book we're currently reading is Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. We're going to be discussing it on Sunday, February 2nd. So you have, you have a while to get that book read. So um, it's just another reminder that that's coming up soon. So you can purchase the book 
from uh, if you follow the link on our website and to purchase it then it's an affiliate link it's amazon.com go to our book club page and purchase it through our link and it gives us like a penny or something and again even a penny helps so thanks guys thanks carter yeah you know um if you don't see it uh, it's because I haven't put it there, but I'll put it there right now. Oh, no, there it is. It's in the library section. Just scroll down. The next book club thing needs to be updated, so I'll fix that. But it is there. The book's there, so scroll down. All right. Bye, everyone. Have a good day at work, Carrie, and everyone. We will see you tomorrow for Live Coffee, and uh, we'll tell you the time as soon as Carrie tells me what time that will be. <laughs> Five minutes after whatever time we decide. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, bye. Bye, everyone.